Community Church exists to shine as light in our homes, in our community, and in our world. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, have you ever thought that there are people in this world who were born on third base but feel like they hit a triple? Ever thought about that? There's people in this world who were born on third base but feel like they've hit a triple because of what they've inherited in life. They've inherited a bunch of resources from their family or whatever, and, and they, they find themselves in a life where they, they're, they're experiencing all this blessing that they didn't have to work for at all. And sometimes they're aware of it, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they think they've, they've earned it, so they're on third base, and they feel like they've hit a triple. Well, you know, an example of that, and I don't know this person personally, so I don't know how they're responding to this, but certainly this is a person who was born on third base in life. Uh, that's Lisa Marie Presley. Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, if you don't know who she is, you might know some of the people that she has been related to. Uh, her father is Elvis Presley, the king of rock. At one time, she was married to Michael Jackson, the king of pop. She is a queen twice removed. Uh, And and Lisa Marie Presley uh, is someone who was born on third base. You see, she uh, had the, the, the experience in life of when she was nine years old, her father, Elvis, died. And when Elvis died, he left all of his estate, 100% of it, to his daughter, Lisa Marie. That's a sizable estate. She received all of it. At the time, it was valued at $5 million. Uh, Today, it's valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, it's it's a true story. Lisa's reaction when she found out that her father had given her this incredible inheritance, she said, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, You guys are much more kind to my Elvis impersonation than first service was. I just want you to know that. We have a connection this morning. I appreciate that. Um, She received this incredible blessing because of her connection to the king of rock, because of her father. She was born on third base. And the question I've got for us today is, do you know anybody who was born on third base. You know anybody who was born on third base? Maybe they feel like they hit a triple, or maybe they're aware of it, but they were born on third base. Do you know anybody like that? Well, the answer should be absolutely. Because all of us, if we know Jesus Christ as Savior, were born on third base. We have received blessings for which we did not work, blessings that we do not earn, but blessings that have been given to us freely because we are an heir of the King of Kings. Because of our connection to Jesus Christ and our faith in Him, God has chosen to give us unbelievable amounts of blessings. Uh, The Word of God actually says that we have been blessed with every blessing in the spiritual places, not to mention all the other blessings we've been given. We have been given incredible blessing by God. But, but the question that we need to ask ourselves as we find ourselves born on third base, given blessings for which we did not earn, the question we've got to ask ourselves is now what? Based on the fact that God has blessed us the way that he has, what does he want us to do with that blessing? What now? What's next? 
And we're going to be looking at that over the next two weeks in a series on the li- out of the life of Abraham that's called The Father's Will, Understanding Our Heavenly Inheritance. See, normally when you, you, see, you hear a series called The Father's Will, you know, you're thinking, oh great, I'm going to find out who I'm supposed to marry or where I'm supposed to live or something like that. No, this isn't that kind of a series. This is a, a series of messages that deal with the inheritance that the Father has willed to us because of our connection to Christ. And, and once we know that we've inherited this blessing, what is the Father's will for how we will employ it, how we will use it? That's really the subject of this message. And we're going to look at the life of the Old Testament figure, Abraham, or Abram, uh, to do that. And we're going to start in part one today by looking at uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. So if you've got a Bible, open up to Genesis 12, 1 to 3. We're going to spend some time there. This is one of the most foundational passages in understanding the message of the entire Bible. This is a critical, critical passage for us to look at, and it offers us great hope and great direction as we seek to understand our heavenly inheritance. Um, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. We're going to see two things today. As we look at this passage, the first thing that we're going to see as we look at this is that we need to count our blessings. We need to count our blessings. Uh, now, where do we see that in the text? Let's, let's, let's read it here. Genesis 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, in Genesis 12, 1-3, we have God's initiation with Abraham. Now, this is significant because Abram, whose God would later change his name to Abraham, his descendants would become the nation of Israel, whose descendant, Jesus Christ, would become the source of blessing for all of us and our connection to God and our forgiveness of sins and all of those things. So when God initiates his relationship with Abram, it's a significant moment. Abram is one of the most talked about figures in the New Testament of a person from the Old Testament. Over and over and over again, Abram is talked about. Uh, and, and it's because he's such a central figure to understanding faith and life and blessing in God's plan for the world and in these three verses, we see God first coming to Abram and offering to bless him. I mean, any just quick, casual reading of those three verses knows that God came to him in order to bless him. And sometimes we become so familiar because of how frequently Abram is talked about. We become so familiar with Abram, so familiar with Abraham, that we think that, of course, God went to bless him. Of course God initiated with Abram to bless him because he was Abraham, you know, Father Abraham. He had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham. This is the guy who is supposed to be blessed. We know about it because we're so familiar with him. But the reality is when God first came to Abram, he was a very unlikely candidate to receive the blessing of God. Not a very likely candidate. Uh, we know that by looking at what the Scriptures tell us about Abram before God came to talk to him. Over in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, in verse 2, we find this out. Joshua is recounting the history of Abraham and his father, Terah, 
to the nation of Israel. And it said, Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Now sometimes we think that God must have picked Abram to come and bless because Abram had won the spiritual beauty pageant. He was the most beautiful spiritual figure of his day, so obviously God chose to come and bless him because of that. But the reality is that Abram was not that. He was very average. He he maybe even below average when it came to these things. See, Abram didn't come from a Christian home. Abram didn't come from a Jewish home. Abram came from a home where his family worshipped pagan gods. He came from a pagan home. He worshipped many gods. And so into this context, God steps and initiates this offer of blessing to a very unlikely candidate. Abram didn't earn it. God just chose to initiate with him and offer to bless him. You know, Abram was promised many things. One of the things he was promised was to go to this unknown land and God would eventually bless him with a nation and and land and God will clarify that a little later. But Abraham was also an unlikely candidate to receive that because God was promising him a land that he did not already own. He was promising him a land that he had never lived in before. He was promising him a land that he had never been to before. God made this incredible promise to Abraham and he did it not because Abraham had some right to it, he did it simply because he chose to bless him. We need to, we need to become aware of this because we, we think that, of course, God blessed Abraham. But the reality is he was an unlikely candidate. Even if you had taken a poll of those who lived in Abram's day, I don't think that his contemporaries would have said, now that's the guy that God is blessing. That's the guy that God should bless. Because one of the chief signs of blessing from the gods in the first century was someone who had many children. And the only thing we know about Abram before God initiated a relationship with him. The only thing beyond what we've already seen uh, is found in Genesis 11, verses 29 and 30. It says, And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. See, Abram's life didn't look like a life that was do blessing. He didn't look like someone who was doing everything right. As a matter of fact, he was worshiping pagan gods in a childless home, living in a land that ultimately was not his promised inheritance. There was nothing about Abram that looked like someone that God should bless. And yet, God showed up. And the only thing we can conclude from that is that God simply chose to bless him. God chose to bless him. God wanted to begin a relationship with one family through which he would bless all other families, and he chose to start with Abram. Not because he had to, not because he won a spiritual beauty pageant, but just because God decided it to be that way. And when God initiates with Abram, he promises him several things. He he, he counts a number of blessings for him. He counts them out. And he counts them out, uh, six of them, to Abram in this passage. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And then he begins to list the blessings that will follow. He says, And I will make of you a great nation. That's quite a promise to a guy that had no land, had no throne, had no children. But God says, I will make of you 
a great nation. And then he says, I'll bless you. Now, the term bless can mean many things. It can mean just a general sense of lifting up someone's name. It could, it could, it could mean any of those things. But I really think in this context, Abram would have understood this to mean, I'm going to give you children. I really think he would have thought that. Because to bless, one of the many meetings is to, to give life to. And Abram saw his life ending with he and Sarah's death, and the, the opportunity to have children was something that obviously they wanted. The Scripture was clear with that, and God's promise to bless them, I think Abram would have interpreted that as the promise of children. He says, God says, I will make your name great. Different translations translate that same phrase, and I will make you famous. Did God make good on that promise? Is Abram famous? Well, we're talking about him 4,000 years later, thousands of miles from where he lived. And not only are we talking about him, but Christians everywhere are talking about him. Not only are Christians talking about him, but, but Jewish people are talking about him. And not only are Jewish people talking about him, but Muslim people are talking about him. His name has become great around the, around the world. But at the time, it would have seemed quite improbable. Verse 3 God says, I will bless those who bless you. In other words, those who relate to you in a positive way, that'll be good for them. He says, in him who dishonors you, I will curse. In other words, I'll be your protector, God says. And then lastly, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We'll get into a little later what all that means, but, but ultimately here he's saying, I'm going to involve you in my plans that are global and and mighty and awesome. And I'm going to involve you in them. And God comes to this unlikely man, Abram, and he offers all of that. He counts out the blessings for him, six different ones. And he says, I want to bless you. Now, as, as we hear that and as we process that as people reading the passage today, I think it's important for us to also count our blessings. I think it's important for us also to remember that God has chosen to bless us. And and like Abram, God did not choose to bless us because we've won some spiritual beauty pageant. God chose to bless us simply because he wanted to. God, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, know that that relationship is not by accident. You didn't leverage your way in uh, God is not mistaken in the situation. You are in that relationship receiving the blessing that you're receiving from God because He chose you, not because we're so great. As a matter of fact, uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 53 and verse 6, says this about us. It says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. See, that, that's, that's who we are. On our own, we're like Abram and Terah turning to other gods, turning to other things to satisfy us, turning to other things to order our lives around. But in spite of that, God chose to initiate with us. He chose to come to us and to offer us incredible blessings, not because he had to, not because we're the best, but because he wanted to. And and when God comes to offer us 
blessings, he, he offers us incredible blessings regardless of our background or, or anything else. In the New Testament, it talks of the inheritance that we receive as believers in Christ. And the book of Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29, it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. You see, we as Abraham's children who have come to know Christ as our Savior are the recipients of incredible amounts of inheritance and blessing from God. That's what this passage indicates. Now, this passage uh, is misunderstood sometimes in terms of what it's teaching. Uh, you know, in, in verse 26, it calls us all sons of God. And then it follows by eliminating a lot of the things that sometimes we seek to divide each other with. Things like being Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. The reality is that when we come to Christ, we don't lose our maleness or our femaleness. As I look out there today, we're not some androgynous crowd. There's males and females here. We don't lose our ethnicity. Even in a room like this, there's people from different ethnic backgrounds. All believers in Christ today aren't just Americans, aren't just Anglos, aren't aren't just from North Africa, aren't just, you know, there is all of these different things. We, We still retain our nationality. We still retain our sex. We still retain our vocation or our, our, our places in life, right? Some people own businesses. Other people work at businesses. Some people have no job at all and would really want one, like one right now, right? I mean, they're, they're, we still retain all of that in Christ. So what's it talking about when it calls us all sons of God and says there's no longer these distinctions? Uh, really, the, the meaning of this is not that we lose our distinction, but that the meaning of this is that when it comes to our heavenly inheritance— Regardless of our background, sex, or nationality, we all receive the same inheritance in Christ. We all receive the blessings of forgiveness and uh, having the Spirit come to reside within us. You, know, you think about in, in an ancient culture, it was the sons who got the inheritance. Sons got the inheritance, uh, not, not the daughters. We could talk all day about how fair that is, right? That's the way it was. And, and so by calling us sons of God... Really, in the context of this passage, it's not saying that we've lost our uniqueness or we've lost these things. It's saying that all of us, regardless of our background, regardless of our sex, regardless of our nationality, we all receive the same inheritance of spiritual blessings. That's really what the passage indicates. And and so, because of that, as believers in Christ, we need to count our blessings as people who have inherited an incredible amount of blessings from God. We need to count those blessings. Well, what are some of those blessings? Well, I mentioned earlier that when it comes to the spiritual life, we're blessed with every blessing in the spiritual places. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every one of them. That means forgiveness. That means reconciliation with God. That means we can go before him directly, not through another man, so that we can have our prayers heard. Not just a few spiritual elite that have that opportunity. All of us in Christ have the opportunity to approach God in prayer. 
and for him to, to hear us. All of us have the knowledge that God is intimately aware of all the details in our lives, that his spirit is able to make intercession for us. We have the, the, the blessing of having the Holy Spirit of God residing within us to comfort us and to guide us and to empower us for the life that he's called us to. We have been given so many spiritual blessings, and, and we, that we, we look up, we find ourselves on third base. We were born on third base. We didn't hit that triple. That's something that God has just given to us. He has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And beyond that, he's, he's given us not just the blessing spiritually, but he's given us blessings relationally. God doesn't just save us and place us on our own, but he, he, he draws us into a relationship with him and places us within the context of the body of Christ, globally as well as locally. When we gather here today, we have a spiritual family that we're gathering with. That's a blessing that we're given in Christ. You think about how we're, we're blessed by the talents that God has placed within our lives. God has blessed us with talents and skills and opportunities. Not because we deserve them, but because He chooses to give them to us. You see, we have been blessed by God. We find ourselves on third base. And because of that, we need to count our blessings. And instead of, as we count them, thinking, wow, aren't I so good to deserve this? Think, wow, God, you are so gracious to give them to me. You know, this past week was a big week for me. Uh, I, I actually um, finished up my doctoral program this last week. I, I finished my dissertation. I, I drove to Dallas. I turned it in. I got the signatures on the page. I had my defense. Uh, when I walked out of, of the office, they, uh, the, the, the receptionist there called me Dr. Robinson. Uh, and, and it was at that moment that it hit me that, that suddenly all I was adding to my plate were expectations. You know, suddenly, you know, I'm not a doctor that now I can write prescriptions and do good things for people. You know, I, I'm, I'm now just, I've got this, this extra title that just elevates expectations. I really think I would have done better in life just telling everybody that I was raised by wolves. So everything I do was like bonus, right? Um, but the, the reality is, you know, I had this experience. And you, you, many of you have gone through experiences where you've pursued education or training or whatever it is. And when you come to the end of that, it's very, it's very satisfying moments, right? And I'm driving back from Dallas, and I'm thinking about this. And one of the things that, that hit me as I was driving back was just how blessed I was. The, the things that God did to allow me to be in this situation that I'm in uh, that had nothing to do with me. Not because I was good enough or smart enough or doggone it, people liked me, but the things that happened in my life because God just chose to bless me. You know, I was born with a brain that could, that could think and process and develop at a, in a normal way, right? Some of you have children or have friends who have children that were born autistic uh, that never were able to develop. I mean, I, we don't get to choose that, right? It's just a gift that God has given. A set of skills that are Make, make someone able to, to take thoughts and organize them and write and communicate and those kinds of things. You know, I, I, didn't, I, di- I, didn't, I didn't get to order those when I was born. God just decided to give me some of those things. Opportunity and finances and, and support and all those things to be able to pursue something like this, those are not things that, that I, I, could, I could orchestrate on my own. They're things that God just gave me. So as I sit there driving back, it is impossible for me to sit on third base and say, wow, Look at, look at all this. This is because I just hit a triple. No, this is, this is God just chose to bless me. 
you know what the truth is for all of us? We need to count our blessings because there are so many things going on in our lives that, that God is blessing us with. And then, you know, this Thanksgiving season, we need to stop and just remember God's blessing. And in order to help us do that a little bit this morning, I want you to do this. I, w- I want you to reach under the seat back in front of you and take, tear off a, a piece of paper from the message notepad. I, I want you to just, just take, take a piece of paper off. And, and with that, I'm, I'm going to ask us to do a little bit of an exercise today. I want you to take 60 seconds, and I want you just to write down on that piece of paper as many blessings that you have in your life that you can think of that are, that are just things that God has given to you. Not because you worked and earned them or anything, but what, just what are some of the blessings that God has given to you that he's initiated in your life? What are some of the blessings that you're, I just want you to count some of those. So we're really literally going to take 60 seconds. So, so go, 60 seconds, write down as many as you can. All right, pins down. Um, how, many, how many blessings? Just throw out some numbers. How many blessings do you have down there? Somebody is confident with a loud voice. Shout something out. Nine, 10, 17. Going once. Going sold to the 17. No, you, you think about this. In, in, in 60 seconds, in 60 seconds, 17 blessings. You know, and, and that's not comprehensive. I guarantee it's not. Sometimes we're not even in touch with all the ways that we've been blessed. But, but, but here's the challenge to you. This, this exercise is not so that it's an end to itself and you walk out of here and you forget it. But I want you to take that piece of paper with you and use it as a spark this week to, to think about the ways that God has blessed you. Count your blessings. And as you count them, realize that we were born on third base. We didn't hit a triple. As we realize that God has initiated with us and offered us these gracious gifts. Now, once we realize that God has blessed us, once we count those blessings, then the next thing really we need to do is to think about, okay, now what? If God has blessed us, what does he want me to do with these blessings? What, is the, what does he want me to do with them? I mean, obviously, God has blessed us like this because he loves us, absolutely. But he's left us on this planet richly blessed, I think, because he wants us to respond in a particular way. And I think that response can be summed up in this way. God is saying to us, be a blessing. Be a blessing. 
And we see that back in chapter 12, verses 1 to 3 of Genesis, where God gives Abram two commands in these verses. He gives him two commands. When you, when you read the passage, see if you can identify them. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. What's the first command? Go, right? Take an active part. Get up and go. Leave everything that you know, your land and your father's house and, and all that stuff. Leave those things and go to the land that I'll show you. Because of that step that Abram was to take, that's why Abram is called the father of faith or the father of the faithful. That's why the New Testament uses him as an example over and over and over again. It's because he had faith in God to leave what he knew to go to the place that God would show him. He trusted God above all else. There was a radical shift in his life from following many gods to following the one true God, and he followed him to the land that he would show him. Uh, But the second command that you see is, is a little more obscure. It's a little harder to see in our English translation. The second command that's in this passage is really in the second half of verse 2. The ESV that I'm reading from says it this way, so that you will be a blessing. If you were to look at that in the original Hebrew, which was what this was written in, that's actually a command. It says simply, be a blessing. That's what it says, be a blessing. It's, if you were to summarize the two commands that God gave to Abram, one was, get out of here. Go to the land that I'll show you. And be a blessing. Now, now ultimately, what did that mean when God said to Abram, be a blessing? Now, the idea of being a blessing is someone who gives life to a situation. Uh, in, in this context, I think that was the general idea. Be, be someone who, in light of the way that you're blessed, in light of the way that God is giving you vitality in life, be someone who is giving vitality in life to others. That's what God's command was uh, to, to Abram. And when you place that in the context of kind of a historical theological context, what ultimately did God mean when he said that? There, there, was a, there would be an ultimate fulfillment of this. You know, he says, be a blessing so that all the peoples of the earth would be blessed through you. That ultimately would find its fulfillment in Abraham's descendant, Jesus Christ. See, God initiated and made these promises to Abram. And ultimately, this blessing through one family would be centered in Christ and would be multiplied to all who would trust in him so that everybody, Jew, Gentile, whatever your background, could have access to God and receive the spiritual blessings that are offered in Christ that we all become blessed through Abraham and his line, ultimately through Christ. That's the historical theological context of this passage. Through Abraham, God would bless the earth through Christ. But I think that there is an application to this for us as well. There's an applicational principle that instructs us that God's blessing on our lives is not just for us to hoard. God's blessing on our lives is not just something for us to to sit around and pat ourselves on the back and and say, wow, aren't we blessed? God's blessing on our lives in every form is intended to flow through us so that we might also be a blessing to others. We are blessed to be a blessing. What does that look like 
for us as we seek to live that out in our, in our Christian lives? Well, I think it has a number of, of applications. I'll, I'll just mention a few. You can no doubt think of many more. But, but think of it how it pertains to your finances. God has blessed you with finances. And he's blessed you with those finances, not just so that you can have the things that you need. Certainly, that's a part of it. But, but also so that you could be a blessing to others with the things that God has given you. That's not just, you know, giving to the church or something like that, but it's also giving to other organizations, giving to missionaries, giving to people in need, helping friends out and utilizing the resources that God has given you, like your, your home or your car or whatever, just to be a blessing to people. Uh, we, our, our, our good friend Christy Liggett, uh, actually, excuse me, she's not Christy Liggett anymore, Christy Sauer, uh, was a missionary with Wildwood for a number of years. And while she was getting her training at Dallas Seminary, she had this big suburban and she called it Abraham because it was a blessing to the nations. She picked up all these refugees in that that suburban and would drive them from place to place. She was taking something that God had given to her and she was utilizing it to be a blessing for others. How, How are we utilizing the things that God has given us to be a blessing to others? How are you utilizing your time? You know, sometimes just as precious a commodity in our lives as our finances is our time. How are we using our time to be a blessing to others? Now, there, there's, there's all kinds of things, demands on our time that are already spoken for, right? Uh, the things that we have to do at work, the mundane tasks we have to do around the house, the, whatever that is. But, but all of us, I'm convinced, have some margin of time in our lives that, that we just get to determine what to do with. And after some appropriate time of rest, what are we doing with that time? Are we giving others life with it? Or are we just merely exploring our own hobbies or interests or whatever? This is, this is something that, that is challenging to me, as, even as a, as a parent. How am I utilizing the time that I have as a dad, as, as a husband, to, to give life to my wife, to give life to my son? It's something I've been thinking about even this last week. Now, how are we utilizing the blessings that we've been given to be a blessing? others. Uh, Think about it in terms of your talent, the things that that God has blessed you with and the abilities that you have, the things that you can do, uh, the opportunities that you have. How are you utilizing those, not just to satisfy your own needs for ego and whatever, but really to serve other people? As a doctor, to to really help people as a scientist, to, to help humanity by understanding things better. As, as an engineer, as a, as a mother, as a father, as whatever, whatever the opportunities, whatever the experiences that we have in our lives, how are we taking advantage of those opportunities, those blessings that we've been given by God, not just to serve our own needs, but to truly be a blessing to others because God has blessed us so that we might be a blessing. You, know, you can fill in the applications for your life. I know you can. You're well acquainted with your lives. What does it look like for you? Understanding that we're on third base, not because we hit a triple, but because God has blessed us. Understanding that that's where we are. Understanding that we've been blessed with more as an heir of the King of Kings than Lisa Marie ever was as an heir of the King of Rock. We receive this blessing, and God wants us to be a blessing with it. As you look over your list of blessings this week, I just challenge you to think about not just 
Not just to give thanks to God. We certainly need to do that. But also think about what does God want me to do in light of this? Now, as we close, I want to just mention one thing. Uh, As a church, uh, one of my responsibilities on staff here is to oversee the construction project that's going on behind this wall. We're we're building children's ministry space. Uh, And, you know, as I walk and I see this developed and and all these things, I'm truly convinced that we're going to have one of the finest facilities in the country, Um, at least in this part of the country. I'm I'm partial, right? But for for, for what we're getting ready to do. I mean, it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful facility. And create all kinds of opportunity for us in children's ministry. But as I walk up there and I look and I read passages like this, one of the things that hits me is I just think, you know, um, God is blessing us, not just so we can sit around as a church and go, wow, aren't we blessed? Isn't that cool? God is blessing us as a church so that we might be a blessing to our community. And this transition over the next several months, one day we will finish that building, I promise. It's not just a construction playground where we're training people. There's a building that's being constructed. One day it will open. And when it opens, and when we're able to move in, it's a great opportunity then for us to invite and include those that we know that might have children and families that might be blessed by being there. Not just because of the facility, but because inside that facility, we want to tell people of the hope that we have in Christ. And and ultimately, when we think of investing the blessing that we have into others, we need to ultimately remember that the greatest blessings that we have are spiritual blessings. We have been given forgiveness. We have been given reconciliation with God. We have been given the Holy Spirit to reside within us. We have been blessed immensely. What a shame if we just sat around and talked about how blessed we were and we never offered that to others. We never gave them the opportunity to experience the blessing that we have because God has blessed us with knowledge of him because he loves us, but also because he wants us to be a blessing to others. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you for your word and this opportunity to look at it today. And I pray that you would just help us to be people who... Don't walk around thinking that we've just hit triples when in reality we've been born onto third base. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have blessed us with things that we could not earn and did not have the chance to ask for, but you have blessed us with them anyway, and I thank you for that. And Father, I pray today uh, that as we recognize our blessing, as we thank you for them, we would also seek your direction on how we might be a blessing to those around us, how we might give life to them, pointing them to the source of our blessing, which is ultimately you. We thank you in Jesus' name.